This week, we talk about the Xbox podcast announcements, our reactions to, to today's Nintendo Direct, the Elden Ring DLC finally getting a trailer and release date, and more. All of this tonight, but first, on to that beautiful bean intro. <laughs> Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, episode 20. I am your host, the man whose Nintendo Switch port is 240p and 60fps, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me, as always, the man whose PS5 port has been baked for by PlayStation fanboys, Justin, better known as I am Zericon. How are you doing today, Justin? All right, not too bad. Uh, at least it definitely got better once I got home and finally was able to watch all the gaming stuff that happened today. Um, if, if I could have, I would have been listening to it while I was at work because oof, I, I, it, it just, it's just been a long day and mm-hmm. I almost fell asleep twice while I was working. But um, got home, got to hear some good gaming news. So it's definitely, I'd say, ended up being a good day in the end. That's good. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, a, a fairly busy day, but not in, well, I should say, in some ways it's been busy because there's, there's a lot of stuff I've worked on, but um, there wasn't, it wasn't necessarily super busy at work, if that makes sense. So more, more of the stuff I worked on was like between stuff I did this morning before work, then taking a, a quick off-the-clock break to stream the Nintendo Direct this morning and then going back to work and then doing stuff during my lunch and then doing a bunch of stuff after work. And, yeah, I spent, like, a bunch of time working on stuff yesterday, like, re-editing uh, the audio for my Dark Souls comparison and so on, which took way longer than I expected, but it was also my first time doing using audition so i was kind of there's there's a lot that had to be done with it but anyway so yeah but all that being said what have you been playing this past week all right so i uh got back into doing some more power world um did some more exploring i think i found the second if not one of the next uh main boss towers to do Unfortunately, I don't think I'm ready for it yet because mm. just judging by the levels of the pals that are surrounding the area, I'm under level because the pals in that area are level 30. I'm roughly level 25 right now. Mm. Um, so if the boss is a little higher than that, I, I'm going to get wiped out for certain. And that also is evident in the fact that I had been looking at taking on some other uh, sort of like pal mini bosses uh, around the game. And there was one that I found, I thought, eh, we're about the same level, I'll go take it. I nearly got wiped out within the first minute, and I had to leave the arena right away. So, I I, I do still, I, I definitely need to do a little more grinding. Probably need to get some better weapons. I think maybe I'll get my first gun. I know I have an uh, improvised handgun I can make, but mm-hmm. I want to wait a little bit longer until I can actually craft a better handgun. 
and then I'll probably use that and take that with me. But um, so right now I'm pretty much just still exploring, uh, working on the mini bosses that I can and fighting and also trying to improve my levels and stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing with that there. Um, I also went back and played some more Death Must Die. I finally got through the, I, I, I finally beat the end boss of, or at least that one, or what's currently the only level of the game so far. So it's a first, I almost did it twice, but um, I, I wasn't able to do it. I unfortunately uh, stroked out and missed and fell and lost. I've been trying mm -hmm. to do it again, but I haven't had the same success. I think also because I was using a different character, that might be why I had better success in the other two runs. Um, but I, I, I know I said that I probably would stop playing it after I beat it, but I feel I feel like after getting that success with that one run, I feel like I can do it again. I just need to try to get a little better gear and really just need to be lucky with the options I can get during a run because otherwise it's just not going to work for me. But that was that was interesting. Uh, yesterday I played uh, Castle Crashers with one of my friends. It's we haven't played the game in a long time, uh, and I honestly forgot how to even completely use magic in the game. But we were playing through that, and I didn't even realize we were close to the end. But we got stuck on one section of a level. Uh, it took us probably about six tries before we beat that one section and then once i actually remembered how to use magic then i actually was able to make progress and move forward um, and that really actually helped a lot so we got through that and we actually managed to beat the game and overall that was actually pretty fun um i mean it's a basic beat em up but it, it, it it's fun for what it is and it's good to you know play with friends and whatnot uh and one game that I don't have any footage of just because of the nature of the game was Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. And the reason I actually played it is because Sunday, my niece and nephew were watching um, the original Beauty and the Beast movie. And watching that, I thought, huh, you know, just looking at one of the areas, I thought, wow, I would, I, I, I want to play Kingdom Hearts 2 right now. But I didn't have uh by ps2 angular set up on my deck gotcha so i said the next best thing to do is probably just to play 358 so i pulled out my 3ds played the game and mm, going back to it now it, it's a bit hard to mm -hmm. do uh just because it's a ds game right. and because of the way it looks and then also the frame rate is also a bit lower than what I'm more accustomed to. Mm -hmm. It really kind of makes me wish that the game got a full-on remake mm -hmm. instead of just the movie it got for the, um, I think it was 2.5, that was when it was put in. Right. But um, it, it really made me wish that it had been remade from the ground up because I think the game deserves that treatment. Mm -hmm. um, and personally speaking, I think because of because of the system it was on, it's aged poorer than, say, the original Chain of Memories. Mm -hmm. um, just because that is sprite-based, and also right. it is, from what I can tell, 60 FPS. So 
I think that one sort of holds up more if you go back. I mean, certainly some people are not fond of the card-based gameplay, and mm -hmm. I can understand that. Right. But as far as actually playing it, it feels better to play that. Mm -hmm. So I wish 358 had gotten a full remake, but it was it, it was nice to at least go back and you know re, re, replay that game. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, I, re I remember playing both 358 and Chain of Memories. In fact, Chain of Memories... I got a Game Boy Advance specifically for that game. And um, <laughs> I, I actually, a friend of mine had, um, it, it was like, it used to be her brother's Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. And I mean, it was, it was an SP. She sold me for like 10 or 20 bucks. And this was back like when the SPs were still full price in stores. So it was like, wow, great deal. And, <laughs> and so, so I, I bought that and Chain of Memories and I was playing that game like crazy until I beat it and then went through it second time as Riku and all that fantastic game. And 358, that one I had kind of like mixed feelings on. Um, I definitely, I mean, like thinking back about it, I have some nostalgia for it because I remember I was playing that a lot when I was, um, when I was working at one of my earlier jobs um, and it was, I was working overnight at a hotel and so I just didn't have much to do. And so I was like, the boss is totally cool. It's like, as long as you get your work done, you know, you can do other stuff. You can play games, watch stuff, whatever. And so like, I'd have something going on in Netflix in the background and then, and then be playing three, five, eight over, over two days. And, um, like there's nostalgia from that standpoint, but I'm sure if I pulled out my cartridge now and tried to play it, it would be painful. So I think I think that's one of those games you probably just need to emulate it, emulate it on your Steam Deck, and you could probably, you I, I would bet that you could at the very least get a high frame rate. Potentially there might also be like mods to where it could be high resolution and stuff. But I don't know. I I haven't tried emulating DS games. I've only I I think the the only handheld I've emulated so far is PSP. And that was really just for a couple games, so. But, well, I guess there's Game Boy Advance as well, since I did that Lord of the Rings game. But uh, anyway, yeah, cool stuff. Um, definitely. Well, my week has been. Uh, there's basically been three games I've played. Um, the big thing was I played a bunch of Sea of Stars, and I finished it. I completely finished it, so I got the base ending, um, and then, um, since I had already done a lot of the side quests, there wasn't much left for me to, I mean, there's, like, a few things that I had to do after getting the initial ending, and, um, so I, I did those remaining things, and then I went ahead and beat the true final boss, and, um, you got the best ending, and left satisfied um like the the uh there there's something and i'm, I'm not going to spoil anything here but i'll just say that the final part of of the final boss not the not the true final boss but the the initial final boss that you face was like just a really nice surprise um that's all i'm gonna say it, it was it was a nice a, a nice surprise a nice little change of pace I will say, though, that the true final boss 
was way longer of a fight than I was expecting it to be. Like, it took so long. And part of it was just me not realizing one of the things I could do control-wise in that particular fight. And not realizing it until a good chunk of the way through. I mean, I didn't die at all. Like, Or, well, I should say, I didn't, like, get a game over screen. You know, like, I might occasionally have a death, but, you know, the character would revive. Because uh, the way the system works... Um, just for for the game in general is you can revive people with items if you have items and there's like one character that has an ability where you can actually revive people but otherwise it's basically just they have a set number of turns before they automatically revive um and you know if i mean if you have an item or or a skill that you can use to revive them instead then you can obviously do it earlier than that but Otherwise, it's like, you know, however many stars they have over their head, that's how many turns it is before they come back to life. And I can't remember if it's just like 50% health or or whatnot, but um, either way, it, it works. And um, you'd think, oh, that that makes it sound like it's really easy. It's, it, it doesn't necessarily make it easy. <laughs> it's just it's just a different way of doing things, you know. Uh, one of the multiple ways that it sets itself apart from something like Chrono Trigger that it's obviously very heavily inspired by. One thing I will say about it, though, is that after I finished it, every game I... The other turn-based game I've been playing, which I'll get to in a little bit, um, I keep trying to press buttons to time either blocks or, like, when I'm hitting to do extra damage or do additional hits, because that's something you can do in Sea of Stars. And it's just like, it was so ingrained in me because that's what I had to do. You know, it's like, okay, try to time the block so that I reduce the damage. Try to time the attack so that I hit them a second time and stuff like that. But um, but anyway, yeah, I, I really loved it. It was a fantastic game. Um, it's still not as good as Chrono Trigger, but it was great in its own right. And I still can very easily highly recommend it so um well 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 worth the time and i i'd have to double check my actual total hours but i want to say it was probably closer to 40 total um partially just because the fact that i had to do some cleanup in tracking down certain items at the end of the game i think that was a big part of why it ended up taking a bit longer but um yeah, anyway, great game. Great great to play. Uh, something else I ended up playing uh, to just because it was one of the things I wanted to record for the channel that was a bit different was Hades. Um, and it's not actually going to be the next video that goes up because I did a poll and of the games I listed, which were um, Hades, Bioshock Remastered, uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim and Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition. Um, Skyrim got the most votes. Um, last I checked, anyway. So, I will be planning to record that one, but for now... But I, I do at least have the gameplay recorded for Hades, for both the Switch and Steam Deck, and... Um, so I played a bit of that. Of course, I was a little bit rusty, um, and, of course, even though on the Steam Deck it performs better... When I got my, um, I, I, as I, I basically just played up through, is it Asphodel's the second area? I can't remember. It's, it's the area where you fight Lerny at the very end, where you fight the Hydra, the Bone Hydra. 
Um, yeah, I think it's Asphodel. Pretty sure that's right. Anyway, so I, I just I just played through that for both of them. On the Switch, like I didn't really have any issues. I don't think I even uh, died at all during during that run. You know, for for the portion I did. But then on the Steam Deck, um, I just got terrible rolls as I was going through, and I I think I lost a life just to the Harpy Sisters because I I had I was running I think I was on like four or six heat, so it was um, so 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 I had I had both the advanced versions of the Harpy Sisters as well as of Learning, and I just. Like, I was moving slower, I was having problems, I mean, like, one of the um, optional, like, alternate attacks I chose for the sword was not the best one to choose, unfortunately, and caused me more issues, and yeah, I just had a bad run, and I didn't even, <laughs> didn't even get past learning, like, I died partway through, I had already lost my lives before then, um, so yeah. That was embarrassing to me, because it's like, I can't remember the last time I actually lost to him. But you'd think on on Steam, you know, on the Steam Deck where it's 90 frames per second. Plus, I have you know the back buttons that I can do like combos, like for the um, the dash uh, strike and that sort of thing. Like you know, when normally you press uh, B and Y or or however it's normally mapped. I, I'm used to the switch in in my brain, so that's that's what I'm thinking of it as. I guess it would be X and A, but it's like a I think the buttons are are different on Xbox and and Steam and PlayStation versus how they are on Switch because of the different button layout. But I got used to playing it with the Switch button layout, and so then I just made sure when I played it on Steam that I switched my buttons to match how they are on Switch. So functionally, like Y is the basic attack, X is the special attack, A is for uh, Throwing your uh, thingies. For some reason, I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> and then B is for for dodging. And then when you switch over to Steam Deck, it's reverse button. So A for dodging, B for um for throwing your thing, Y for Union Special, and X for your basic attack. Anyway, all that being said, just basically summary is game looks and runs great on both platforms um 60 frames per second solid on the switch 90 frames per second solid on the steam deck oled and um the the one like initially before i got it before i got the steam deck oled the switch had the advantage to me because of the better screen and now that i have the oled screen on the steam deck the switch the steam deck has the advantage because it has higher frame rate and a better screen and yeah, so anyway, it's it's one of those rare comparisons where it's actually going to be so close that it's like I, could, I can easily recommend both. And the best thing about it is that Hades is cross save between Switch and PC. So so you nice. I mean, so so like I had I had put in a bunch of time on Switch and when I got the Steam version, it was like I could immediately just transfer my save over. No problem. I can just go back and forth as I as I wish. And then, of course, I can you know play it on my desktop where I can get 240 frames per second. <laughs> it's like the only game that actually takes advantage of my 240 hertz refresh rate. 
Um, <laughs> at least of, of the ones I've tried. But but granted, I'm sure that probably something like Wacomelee or any other 2D game like that would also take advantage of it. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, I, I played I played a little bit of Hades. I mean, I based, like I said, I just played through Asphodel on, on both of them. Um, but then the big thing that I got started on because I got it for my birthday is Persona 3 Reload. Which, oh man, it's been fantastic. I mean, of course, I was already excited about this one because this is one that I've wanted to give another try for a long time since I never finished the PSP version on Vita. Um, but, of course, it looks incredible. I mean, even on low settings, which is basically what you have to do in order to get 60 frames per second, uh, it it still looks incredible. It, I mean, it looks better than Persona 5 Royal looks on Switch. And... Um, you know, it's double the frame rate. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it, it, it looks incredible. It runs really, really well. Um, the only time I've actually found that, that you can't maintain 60 was during one of the, um, early, one of the, like, main, major events that happens early on. And I, when I say major, it's like, it's still early game. Um, every time there's a full moon, you get like a, a giant shadow thing that pops up and causes some havoc. And the first giant shadow that pops up, um, like, I think it's early May or something, because you start the game in April. That one, during that section when you're in the train, the frame rate drops to the 40s. It, it, it won't stay up at 60 unless, except when you're when you're in battle, it's at 60, no problem. But but when you're just walking through this corridor, for some reason, it drops into the 40s. I have no idea why. The rest of the time, the game is 60 solid the whole time when you have it at low settings. And like I said, it looks phenomenal. I'm I'm having a great time with it. Um, for anyone who has played the original Persona 3 or Persona 3 Portable or Persona 3 FES, any of those. The soundtrack is slightly different because um, they they re-recorded all the, all the tracks um, in part just because since it's a new version, they wanted to update the sound and everything. But the, the downside to that, at least in some ways, is that the original uh, female vocalist, I can't remember, I think her name was Yumi maybe. I, I think that might have been like her stage name. She, um, her voice is just completely shot at this point because it, you know, it's like she did one thing back in 2008, 2009 when the game originally came out. Actually, I guess it was earlier than that. But anyway, she, she did one thing back when, when the game originally came out, but it's been so many years her voice is just shot, so they had to replace her. And, um, the new vocalist, like, I don't mind her. I think she's still really good. Um, and she's not trying to sound exactly like the original singer, but it's definitely different. And there are occasions where it's like, you know, the original was a bit better. Um, that being said, it's still really good. And some of the new tracks are just, uh, just fire. I mean, they're just fantastic. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, so, okay, let me, let me back up ever so slightly. So I bought, I, what, what I got was the deluxe edition of the game. 
specifically because I wanted the soundtrack, because it comes with the soundtrack. But the way Atlas designed it was clearly with consoles in mind, because the soundtrack is an application. And there's no de there's no regular way, at least at least the last time I checked, to actually extract the music. So some Steam users were able to figure out a way to do it to get the songs extracted. Of course, they're in like OGG format or something like that. And so not every everything will play them like some things will play them and some things won't. Um, I, I didn't check to see whether or not those would play on my phone, but what I did find was that because of that format, for one, renaming them, doing anything to modify the files on your computer once you, once you had them extracted was like absurdly slow. Like it didn't make any sense how it could take sometimes like a minute or longer just to just to rename a file. And, but I did find a way that I could um, convert them to WAV format. And, I mean, they're not quite as high quality as, like, if I were to rip them from a CD. But once I converted them to WAV format, then I could do the renaming easily, no problem. Um, in most cases, I just changed the name as I was converting it because I had to convert it online. And then, you know, saved it. And then I was able to get all the songs on my phone. So I've actually been able to listen to the soundtrack independent of the game. And I'm hoping Atlas will just fix that problem because it's very clear that it was designed with consoles in mind. Because consoles, you know, it's it's more of a tricky thing necessarily unless they specifically set up a way to extract them that way. But if not, it's just extremely anti-consumer. I mean, it's like, you paid for this, but the only way you can listen to this is if you have this application open and you can't even multitask. Which is even worse. It's like you, you literally you can't you can't just have it on in the background and then play something else if you do not have the application open and front and center on your screen, then you cannot listen to the music. It's like, yeah, this is not cool. But anyway, so I got it all sorted out um, and was able to actually get the soundtrack on my phone, and that's been great. Listening to that um, and. Um, you know, it's it's definitely been interesting hearing the differences because, like, I forgot how many of these tracks I actually, like, really well, re remembered really well. Um, I do want to note something that's, that's funny to me. So, I guess, first of all, have you played any of the Persona games, three or otherwise? Uh, no. Okay. I, I have three through five, but I just have not touched them yet. Okay. They're still just, sort of, like, on my, on my, in my backlog. Okay, fair enough. So, um, what I will say is, there is one of the main battle songs in 3, called Mass Destruction. I, for years, because I don't even remember the first time I played Persona 3 Portable, because that's the only, that was the first one I really tried playing. I know I was still in Alaska at the time when I started playing it. And I thought, I mean, th there's one line in, in the song that I thought was stupid, and it made me hate the song. Um, the song, uh, what I thought the lyrics said was, uh, either, uh, let's see here. Either I thought it said, the only truth, there ain't no truth, or a moment of truth, there ain't no truth. Neither of which makes any sense, because logically it's like, you've just made a truth statement 
thereby refuting the statement you just made. It's incredibly stupid. So that's what I thought it said. And I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to the original again, see if that's what it actually said. And if I really wasn't mistaken, but at least in this version now it says a moment of truth, there ain't no truce. Which is like, OK, that makes sense. Now I like the song. It's still not my favorite <laughs> of the battle themes, but it's just like that bugged me so much because it's such a stupid statement. It's like you're saying there ain't no, the, you know, or I mean, whether, whether you're saying a moment of truth or um, the only truth is that there ain't no truth. It's like you literally just made a truth statement. It, so is there truth or is there not truth? And yeah, that that's something that it always bugs me anytime I've ever heard something like that. And I, I I do need to go back and listen to the original song and check and see if if I just misheard the lyrics because I'm sure that's probably what it was. It's possible that they changed it, realizing that that was a stupid statement. Um, but I think more likely than not, I probably just misheard it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Persona Three Reload. It's been great so far. I'm still really early in the game, but I'm I'm really really enjoying it. So that's that's about all I have to say about that. Nice, nice. And I guess to sort I guess sort of to add on to that uh, odd statement, uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes, but that is an absolute. Well, actually, I used to think that one was bad too, but then I thought about it some more and I realized what he was actually saying. So he's not saying that only a Sith believes in absolutes. He's saying only Sith deals in absolutes because Anakin says, if you're not with me, you're my enemy. And so he says only a Sith deals in absolutes. In other words, he's saying, you're not with me, therefore you're my enemy. Where where in reality is, is that with Obi-Wan and Anakin, it's not that simple. And so it's not an absolute, it's not absolutely one, it's not absolutely one way or the other in this case. It's that, okay, you know, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I still love you. You're my brother. I care about you. You know, I've been taking care of you. I've been training you all these years and so on and so forth. So, Okay. What, what, um, once so once someone pointed out to me that that was what was actually being said, it's like, okay, that makes way more sense because otherwise this <laughs> is the stupidest thing for you to say. It's like <laughs> you're, you're making an absolute statement. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, th yeah. Th that definitely makes a whole lot more sense there yeah. now that you actually brought that out. So, OK, I, I accept that. Um, I actually do want to go back and something you mentioned about the soundtrack and the fact that it, I don't think it's a I definitely don't think it's just a console thing. I think it might just be a sort of DRM kind of thing. Yeah, because, and it might be because um, Elden Ring, the soundtrack for that is tied to an application as well. Mm because I pre-ordered that the deluxe edition to get the soundtrack and gotcha. when I was going to try to download it I realized you have to actually run this game as an app instead of being able to just listen to it separately and that really irritated me mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to listen to the music like you on your on my phone mm -hmm. and take it on the go so hearing you mention about a way to extract the files um, and convert them to WAV format I, I want to look into that now because right I don't, I don't want to just like sit there, have the mm. music and have be sit tethered to my computer. Yeah. Um, just like so listen to the music. Definitely. That, that's annoying. 
the the one thing that was probably the most annoying about the whole process i mean at least I mean, once i found the right way to do it it wasn't ter terribly complicated the thing that was most annoying was the fact that you couldn't rename the tracks or i mean that you know the, the track names were not there and so you couldn't rename our well you could rename them but it was ridiculously slow unless you converted them first and that process took probably a couple hours for me to do all that but it's like you know what i want to listen to this music that's why i bought the game with the soundtrack but yeah um, remind me after we're done tonight and i will uh get you a link to that forum because it, it was on the steam forums specifically for persona but the same thing will will work probably the same on elden ring it just might require a little more digging to find the specific folder okay all right thank you thank you mm -hmm. anything else um, no I think, I'm, I think i'm good all right well let's get into the news so, of course, last week we recorded right before that uh, big Xbox podcast came up. And, um, of course, I mean, well, it, it recorded, we recorded before and then our podcast came out the day after. But <laughs> we, we got the, the I, I want to give basically just like a brief summary, essentially, of what was talked about, what was said, and then we can, of course, discuss it. So... Um, the short version of it is that Xbox is bringing four of their games to other platforms. These are all games that came out at least a year ago. And um, these are not, this is not going to include either Indiana Jones or Starfield. That was one of the first questions that was asked. I think, I think Sarah Bond specifically asked Phil Spencer, you know, are of these four games is Indiana Jones or Starfield one of them? And he said no. Um, there are four games. They're all games that came out at least a year ago, and um, there's no plans currently to bring anything further over. Um, but it sounds like it'll be kind of a case by case basis to some degree. Um, now, I didn't actually watch the whole podcast, so I'm really just kind of going based off of the clips that I've seen and summaries uh, beyond that. But what I will also point out related to this, there was separately an interview done by The Verge the same day. And uh, when asked about Starfield and Indiana Jones, he said that, you know, well, actually, I guess I should back up a little bit. Before that, during the podcast, Phil Spencer said that um, people should not expect that because these games are coming over, that the floodgates are just going to open and that all the games are going to start coming over. That's not their plans. That's not their intention at all. But they are doing it with these four games, two of which are live service and two of which are not. And in that separate Verge interview, when asked about Starfield or Indiana Jones, basically he said... While there's no plans to bring him over, he's not going to rule out that it could ever happen. So, um, I do want to also quickly say what those games were that were uh, specifically said to be coming out. Or, I mean, because the, these were these were actually announced later, but because it ties in, we'll we'll just I'll just mention them. So, as as was uh, mentioned previously through leaks. Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, 
Sea of Thieves, and Grounded are all coming to alternate platforms. All four of those are coming to PS5. We'll talk about what's coming to Switch uh, when we get to the Nintendo Direct section. But anyway, all that being said, what are your thoughts? Uh, it definitely was good to clear the air and, you know, especially make specific statements. Uh, of course, certain things were announced later as, as regarding the four games, but uh, I feel like we could have probably learned what those games were, but it is good to know that, or at least it is good that they made it clear that Starfield and Indiana Jones aren't coming for mm -hmm. the time being at least to alternate platforms besides uh, PC, of course. Um, and then one thing also that was mentioned, uh, I think it was Sarah Bonds who mentioned, and this really sort of really, I guess, not gives more credibility, but it does seem like it, it does increase the likelihood that this is true. Uh, she mentioned about the next or newer hardware. Um, and that's sort of, we talked about, I think, either last week or the week before about the rumor of the next gen the next xbox console and a possibility of a handheld as well um so i think in that regards it's very interesting if they actually are really going to be making a handheld because that would be interesting to see like what they do with that so that especially there but um overall though it's good that they have this discussion it's good that there was some reassurance um of course we'll know what this case by case it, for games uh will be it could be something else like say for example uh wait, what what what's their current uh i know i thought they i know there are a couple games off the top of my head that i'm forgetting but i know there are some games that i could see being ported to other consoles um it, i mean this is probably I mean, it's not their game per se, it's a third-party game, but they are at least helping out with the development for this, for the console version right now, is um, Power World. That's something that probably mm -hmm. could get ported over right. to PS5. Um, I don't really know about the Switch, considering the fact that, at least in its current state, I'll say, mm -hmm. um, it, it can't even get higher than uh 50 on the deck so i i don't know how this this the switch would run that game but um other than that though i definitely could see that game being on ps5 as well um i'm, I'm pretty sure there's another live service game that they're that they have i just for the life of me can't think of it but i i'm certain that game could also be brought over as well so do i see more games come over yes but i think maybe something that's not major triple a probably won't see but if it does come over like indiana jones starfield i'm gonna say maybe three years from or at least maybe three years uh after it releases one xbox because i mean phil said it's not out of the realm of possibility but i, I do think it could come eventually just because that's just more money for Microsoft. Right. Um, so I, I could see that happening. What do you think about um, the consensus by at least some people, particularly PlayStation fans slash fanboys, but even some Xbox people about 
Phil Spencer basically doing double speak, where he's saying in the podcast that no, these games are not coming over, and then saying with The Verge that I'm not going to rule out the possibility that these games can come over. What, what do you think about that? <sighs> yeah, that that's. I can I can understand where a lot of the fanboys would be coming from because it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to write during the middle of the podcast. And sure, maybe with the version of you, it could just be something, you know, you're not necessarily, well, granted it's a podcast, so you aren't necessarily scripted. Uh, these aren't, you're not really giving a scripted answer to any questions or discussions, but I feel like he probably was more caught off guard, maybe, um, which is why he gave that statement. I, I don't know. I definitely... It definitely would if if I was in the in the shoes of someone who was only playing on Xbox, that would I, I probably would feel a bit rubbed the wrong way just because how do you say that the games aren't coming to any other consoles, but then shortly after saying, well, it could come to the other cons or other platforms. So I understand that, um, but on the hand of the PS fanboys. Don't just get your hopes up just yet, just because of that statement. I mean, y you're going to think that oh, it's a wrap for Xbox. Why should I get an Xbox if I if they're just gonna come to PS5? Um, question: uh, Where have I heard that before? And you uh, for PS fanboys saying like, oh, why would I get a PlayStation when I can just wait to get it on PC? And you're saying, well, you're just waiting for a long time. You know, the games are gonna be. Over, old by then, and you're just gonna get our hand-me-downs. Well, you're just getting the Xbox hand-me-downs, aren't you? So, where's the logic in that? Yeah. So, one thing I will say is, I think that really, as much as people try to attribute this as being, like, a malicious thing, or, like, him being just two-faced, or you know, what have you, I think, realistically speaking, He's just recognizing that there have been times in the past where he said this is, you know, such as such as is going to happen or such and such is not going to happen. And then it's changed. And so he's just like, well, we have no plans of doing it right now, but I'm not, I'm not going to say that it will never happen because we never thought that this was going to happen before. You know, we, we, we had no plans previously to bring our exclusives over to other platforms and things have changed. And I mean, considering where we are with game development, where the game budgets are insane because of all the things that they're doing, trying to make these games that focus so much on realism. I think Xbox is doing a much better job with having more of a broad spectrum of games than PlayStation. And I think probably at least in part, it's because of the fact that they have the Series S, which is much weaker than the Series X. And so they're like, you know, if we can expand the types of games that we do and not just focus on hyper-realism, then it's much easier to have, to adjust how the game runs, or I mean, I mean, adjust how the game looks uh, from platform to platform without having to compromise on the vision so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that this is a malicious thing at all, and I don't think that he's saying... You know, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. I think he's just saying, you know, I have to be realistic. You know, it's a never say never situation. It's like that's one of the things that I learned very young. And 
that, that so- someone taught me, you know, many, many years ago. I think it was, I can't remember if it was specifically my dad that said it or if it was a college professor or whatever, but that's never say never because you don't know for sure if something's going to change. And it's better just to say, you know, I had no plans to do this, but I, that doesn't necessarily mean that I know for sure that this is never going to happen because things change over time, you know? So it's definitely like, I, I mean, like as an example, I never planned to move out of Alaska. You know, when I got comfortable there, like I was like, I, I don't really have any reason why I want to leave. But it was more, it was really after I lost my dad that I got to a point where I just started to feel like I needed to be closer to family. And I mean, it took me, you know, it took me two and a half years, especially after COVID, that it was like I firmly decided, okay, I'm ready to leave um, to be close to family. And clearly it was a God thing because we decided that just a few months before we found out my mom was sick. And, you know, thankfully, because we had everything set in motion, I was able to actually get some time with her before she died. And I'm not trying to you know, bring the podcast down, but I'm just pointing out, you know, you don't say never. Because, I mean, it's it's never a good idea to say never because you don't know what the future will bring. And I think that I think that what Phil did by saying, I'm not going to rule it out is he's just being wise. It's like making us a smarter thing. I mean, you're saying something that's smarter because he and Sony and Nintendo, all these different people, you know, they've said these things are not going to happen. And instead of it being potentially brought back in their face later on saying, you know, you said that this, this was never going to happen. And then here it's happening. It's like, no, you know, I said, I wasn't going to rule it out. There's no plans for it, but that doesn't mean it never will because I just don't know. So, anyway. But, yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, I think all those games look... I mean, I, I think that they're all all games that could vary, that make sense to bring over. Hi-Fi Rush is the newest one by far. Um, I mean, I guess Grounded technically only just got its 1.0 about a year ago. But it was it was an early access for for quite a while before that. Um, I don't remember exactly when that originally came out, but yeah. So it's like you know, an opportunity for more people to play the games. It's great things. So yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that before we start talking the Nintendo Direct? No, I think I think we can dive right into that. All right, so the Nintendo Direct aired today. Um, I did live stream it. I can't say that it was like a whole bunch of exciting announcements. Uh, the thing I was most excited about, which we'll talk about a bit later, was something that had already been uh, technically leaked um, two or three days ago. So it, was, it wasn't a surprise to me that it came up. It was, it was a very good thing, and I'm very, very happy that it's happening. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, um, since we're coming off of that Microsoft topic anyway, we should talk about, of course, first of all, the games that have been confirmed as coming to Switch from Microsoft. And actually, the very first thing we saw at the beginning of the Nintendo Direct was Grounded. And um, it looks rough. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, vi visually, it looks very rough. Now, I will say, um, I've thought for a long time that Grounded looked like it could potentially be a fun game, and I always find these kinds of games where you're in the perspective of like, like real world environments, but you're small. I've always found that super fascinating. Like I remember back in the N64 days, one of my favorite things was um, the Army Men games, particularly the multiplayer. There's there was a bathroom level, and I, that was like my favorite level. I still think that was so much fun, so fantastic. Even though, um, like, I, I tried replaying, I tried going back to that game. I don't know, maybe ten years or so ago. And man, those controls are rough. And I'm pretty sure the frame rate was bad too. But it was so much fun, you know. I mean, because this was early, late '90s, early 2000s, playing this with some friends. And I remember one of my friends in particular uh, would uh, spawn camp, <laughs> and, and he kept killing me with a rocket launcher every time I would respawn. And it was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so. That being said, I, I think Grounded looks like the kind of game that would probably be really fun. Uh, the Switch version, uh, they did confirm the release date. It's coming to the Switch on April 16th. Um, it's going to have cross-play uh, with PlayStation and Xbox. And um, like I said, the visuals look really very, very low resolution. And yet, thankfully, it has the kind of art style to where it's not as big of an issue but it's it's definitely uh it does not look very good <laughs> from that standpoint I, i'm sure it'll be fun i'm sure that switch fans will like it and it is a live service game and um you know the fact that it has online multiplayer and everything i think it's great that it's coming over uh, but then the other the other game that was confirmed was pentiment which is actually uh, by the time this podcast comes out it will already be out at least digitally. I don't know if there's going to be a physical version down the line, but uh, coming out uh, February 22nd. So uh, they did not confirm Hi-Fi Rush or Sea of Thieves. Uh, currently, both of those are only... Uh, well, actually, Hi-Fi Rush is, is coming to PS4 and PS5, and Sea of Thieves is only coming to PS5. So anyway, uh, thoughts on, on any of those things? Um... There actually will be a physical for Pentiment. I can't remember if Grounded is getting it, but um, Limited Run Games is doing a oh, okay. physical release for Pentiment. Um, I did see that earlier today. Okay. Um, additionally, Limited Run Games is also doing a physical for PS5 and Xbox for Hi-Fi Rush as well. Nice. Very cool. I'm so glad yeah, they're so doing that. We'll be getting it. Yeah, um, I I think that it's good that we finally got this confirmation of stuff going on. I'm half surprised, but half not surprised that the game that um, Hi-Fi Rush isn't going to be on Switch, mm -hmm. just because I think I'm pretty certain we talked about this before, and I can't remember which one of us mentioned it, but um, there was the there, there was a statement by one of the people who was working on the game and said that 
the game needed to be played at 60 fps otherwise it was not a good experience just mm -hmm. because you actually have to have that rhythm and timing for mm -hmm. your uh attacks and stuff since it is rhythm based yeah um anything lower than 60 was not a good experience so like so if the switch couldn't run it at 60 fps maybe that's why it's not ported i i don't know but um just thinking about what we talked about before in that sense it doesn't surprise me that it isn't uh coming or at least currently it's not coming mm -hmm. who knows it could be ported later on um but as of right now um, i'm not too surprised i'll say but i'm definitely not surprised about um uh oh gosh grounded pentiment um other sea of thieves sea of thieves i'm not i'm not i'm not actually too surprised that sea of thieves is been coming over to the switch but um that one was only ps5 correct right okay yeah so i'm i i i'm not too surprised on that and uh since it is i guess more of a higher end game or mm. at least with hi-fi rush that one is um a, st a stylized game so that one i still could see the argument for it being brought over to switch but i think because of the style it's it's different with um sea of thieves so i can understand why that one might not be brought over mm -hmm. um but it is good that we at least finally got these games completely <laughs> announced and no more speculation it's just right. everything's out on the table now we're done now we can pretty much move on from these rumors yeah, and I do want to clarify, uh, Hi-Fi Rush is coming out on April 19th. Sea of Thieves is coming out April 30th. So basically you have, uh, it's just, a, I mean, well, you have two coming out in uh, middle of April. So you have Grounded coming out April 16th on both Switch, or Switch, PS4, and PS5. On the 19th of April, you have Hi-Fi Rush coming to PS4 and PS5. And then on the 30th, you have Sea of Thieves coming just to PS5. So, And then Pentiment is, is already going to be out by the time this podcast releases on all platforms. But I will say, knowing that there's going to be a physical version of Pentiment, I'm probably going to grab it uh, from, from Limited <laughs> Run. Because it's like, I... You know, I, I, was plan I was thinking I would probably want to get this one on Switch anyway. Because uh, I can't see any reason why this game wouldn't run at 60 frames per second. Um, but also because I, you know, I'm fully in support of buying games physical and I love having the cartridges. So even though I have no idea how long it will take to actually get because limited run tends to be very slow. Um, I did actually get confirmation. My persona Four golden copy is coming. I think early June is when they said, so I ordered it in October and it takes about eight months, <laughs> but I think, I think that's an improvement over some of the other ones. So it's still slow, but, you know, I'm not in a rush to play it. And, you know, with Pentiment, I pretty much, I would just get it for the collection, and then I will grab it on Steam whenever it's uh, got a good sale. And it's another one that I can definitely do a comparison, even though I doubt there's going to be a drastic difference between uh, Steam and Switch, other than the fact that uh, Steam Deck will probably be able to run it at 90 frames per second. So, but yeah, um... Yeah, I, th I think this is all really good. Um, you know, Sea of Thieves, it, I, can, I can definitely see why it's not coming to Switch. I do think Hi-Fi Rush could still come, 
but I'm going to say that one of two things is going to happen. Either A, they're holding off on announcing it because it's actually going to be on the Switch 2, or B, they just have held off on announcing it because they're not ready to show it yet. And, like, it's it's just they haven't quite cracked getting it um, optimized for Switch, and so they're not ready to show it off. But I think it's still going to come to Switch one way or the other. It's just a question of whether it's going to be Switch and Switch 2 or just Switch 2. That's my opinion, but I, I just... Considering the fact that we've had credible sources in the past say that it was coming to Switch, unless, you know, they, they come back and say that you know, it turns out that they're the what they heard was incorrect before, which, you know, I'll look into that. Then I will assume that it's still coming to either Switch or Switch 2. We'll just have to wait to get official reveals of that. I, I could actually see what, what could very easily happen is that it could end up being a situation where um, whenever they officially reveal the Switch 2, that is when they're going to that Hi-Fi Rush is going to be part of that initial sizzle reel. That's that's my my prediction on the matter, but um, but yeah. So, all right. Um, so let's start getting into some of the other stuff in general that we were excited about. I think we'll save the one that we both had on our list, which I, I think you know exactly which one that is. We can save that one for the end because that one I think we'll have more to discuss. But um, why don't you go ahead and start with, with one of the first games that was exciting to you. Um, the first one that I, that really caught my eye was Ender Magnolia, um, just because I had played Ender of Lilies before, mm. and I played that late last year. Well, early last year. So January 2023-ish. I, I, pl- I got that game. I played it. And it was interesting. It's kind of like a Souls mixed with Metroidvania, mm-hmm. um, but compared with, say, um, Salt and Sanctuary, this one is more Metroidvania than the other one because with uh, th- with with Ender of Lilies, uh, you actually did need to get certain abilities. Well, you did have to do that with Salt and Sanctuary, but. There was a more emphasis on you need certain abilities to make progress in certain areas. Mm. Um, so I did appreciate the fact that the game did that. But it is still more of a actually still like a Souls-based game where you do have to uh, gain experience, level up, tougher enemies that respawn when you sit at a bonfire, um, stuff like that, and bosses with... Uh, patterns that you need to memorize and Mm. you can get wiped out and it it was a fun game I enjoyed it there were a couple areas and a couple bosses that I thought were more difficult than they needed to be Um, but overall I thought the game was good I I wasn't certain about there necessarily needing to be a sequel I felt that the way the game ended was good enough but uh, I do see there's a sequel now, and I am interested in seeing what happens with that. Yeah, that's definitely one where like I, I like the art style and everything, and it looks like it could potentially be something I like, but I I I mean I couldn't I had never played Ender Lilies, even though I'd I'd heard of it. 
and as much as I like the art style and everything, I'm not entirely sure if it's something I want to play just because I have such a mixed relationship with Souls-likes because I still haven't finished one. I mean, the closest to um, a Souls-like that I've actually finished was Unsold, but the difficulty I was playing at was definitely lower than Souls-like difficulty. So... I was able to, you know, fully enjoy it, and I don't know. I, I'm just not entirely sure whether or not this was some is something that I want to play. I think, in some ways, it does interest me more than a typical Souls game because of the 2D. Um, but I don't know. I'm not necessarily like in any rush to play either of them. So, um, but something that I I am pretty interested in that I was surprised to see was Epic Mickey Rebrushed. So I never played the original Epic Mickey games, but I remember reading about them in in Nintendo Power, and um, it was something I was always really interested in checking out on the, the, uh, I almost said the Switch, on the Wii, (laughs) Um, but I just never did. And so seeing that this one is being ported to Switch, it looks like it's 60 frames per second, which is great. Um, of course, it's not going to be motion controls, which is also great. And I'm very interested. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if I would get it on Switch. I guess it would, once again, probably depend on if it had a physical version. If it's digital only, then it's definitely going to be a Steam purchase, assuming it's coming to Steam, which I didn't check. Um, I forgot to check that, but... Uh, it doesn't have an actual release date. It just says it's coming out in 2024. But I, I think it, it... I mean, I was always interested in playing the original one, and I just never got to it. So, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Well, uh, we, we are not so different. <laughs> uh, I actually learned about Epic Mini... I'm sorry, Epic Mickey in Nintendo Power myself uh, reading that, so... Uh, it is interesting seeing it again uh, coming out again. I-, I am curious though to seeing how they would do the controls mm-hmm. when it was made with motion in mind. Um, granted, there probably is a way to do it. I mean, granted, they ported over Twilight, not Twilight Princess. They um they did Skyward Sword for right. Uh, regular standard control so mm-hmm. if they can do that they could probably do the same thing so I, I am interested in seeing that and how it uh, holds over but I think that it's coming over to all platforms probably I, I think I saw later on um, but I, I do agree that the game should be able to run at 60 FPS I don't think there's a problem with that right. I think the switch should be able to do it and I I, w- I would think there is a physical or there should be a physical version I think right. this is a game that is like high enough of a budget that they that they'll justify spending the money on physical so i do think that will come mm-hmm. over um so i think that you should expect to see a switch uh physical but i might get it later down the road i'm not entirely certain as of right now but it mm-hmm. definitely is interesting to see it come back again right for sure i mean for me it's probably more like i'd probably wait for a discount on it I don't, I don't know that I would necessarily buy it right away unless I was just really, really interested in playing at the time. Um, but in terms of controls, I'm pretty sure that the second Epic Mickey came to multiple platforms. 
that it wasn't just on the Wii, and if that's the case, then they probably would just use whatever whatever they did with the controls for the other platforms. Would be my guess, but I'm I'm pretty sure that it came to more than just the Wii for the second game. So they could probably do that, um, you know, and, or you know they could end up make like they could just do like the Okami. Uh, treatment, you know, where they use the, where when you're playing in handheld mode, uses the touch screen for for swipes and stuff, and then, uh, you know, when you're playing in dock, then you have at least potentially the option to use motion controls, but not necessarily requirement. I don't know. I don't know how far they're going to go with this. We'll just have to wait and see what they say. I'm I'm just I'm curious about it, and I'm I'm definitely interested in checking it out. Might actually be a good one for my kids too, probably because I mean it's Mickey, so and you know Mickey before Disney started going woke. Um, but of course, also the you know, <laughs> of course you know Mickey is now public domain, and we've we've already seen some of the results of that, which have been pretty funny. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, or well, I guess maybe it's not Mickey, Mickey. It's not Mickey per se, it's more like Steamboat Willie or whatever, the, the old school version of Mickey. But, yeah. <laughs> Did uh, Epic Mickey have co-op or no? I don't think so. The second one might have, but I'm pretty sure the first one was just single player. Okay. I'd have to look into that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it didn't have co-op. And I mean, on the Wii, I can't imagine that it would be able to do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Although one thing I do want to note, just kind of going back to going back to Grounded, I think that they said, I can't remember how many players they said could play online at a time, but I'm just thinking, how is the Switch going to handle that? It was it was like <laughs> 25 players or something like that. I think is what they said. Unless I'm mixing it up with um, with one of the other games they announced, but I don't know. Anyway, um, other games that stood out to you? Well, I guess somewhat going off of that, just because you mentioned the multiplayer, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection. Um, that was interesting. That, that definitely would not have been on my bingo card. Um, just in general. Um, it's nice to see the game gets, the, or at least the two games get some love again. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't play it on, the, the game's originally on PS2, or I think it was also on Xbox, but yeah. Years later, I got it on PC, and I, I liked what I played of it. Um, so it's nice that they're bringing it back for all platforms, and also giving a nice little touch-up as well. Like, they're not changing the style or anything, but they are touching up the graphics, sort of like right. what happened with, um, say, the Tomb Raider uh, trilogy that recently yeah. released. Uh, well, I don't so think it's touched up quite as much as that one. It seems like it's th basically... That is true basically in line with the other star wars remasters that they put on switch true true um and I, I also looked at some of like footage of the original version or at least the pc version just to see mm. how it stood up and i said yeah there definitely is some changes there um i can't remember how many players you could get on the on the original games but i saw that with this one you can get up to 64 players yeah. uh in multiplayer and so that's that's going to be very interesting to uh, see what, what happens with that. Right. Well, I mean, c considering the fact that it is, you know, PS2 slash Xbox game, I think the Switch could probably handle that. 
I mean, it, it, it might might chug a little bit here and there if you get a full, you know, that many pl players at a time. But let's be real. I don't think we're going to have that many players at a time. <laughs> at least not likely. But I don't know. Now, one thing I, uh, I am also wondering. Now, granted, this most likely will not affect, say, the um, Switch version or maybe even the other console versions. But I'm wondering what's going into the game that has the file size as large as it is because mm. looking at it on Steam, it's about 50 gigabytes, whereas the original versions combined were probably less than 10 gigabytes. So I'm really wondering mm. what's going on underneath the hood that uh, is warranting uh, five <laughs> times uh, Yeah, that's, file that's size. significant. Huh, interesting. I will say about Battlefront, I've only ever tried to play the original one. I, I bought one and two, the original one and two, on Steam many years ago, and I tried, I tried it out, but I just found that the the type that that style of game was not, it's just not my kind of thing. Like where it's more or less kind of a, I wouldn't quite call it a hero shooter, but. Where, where you have like a set role I mean like like you, you choose a, a set class or whatever and then you can only you know work with that particular class and I, I can't remember what it what all exactly it was I just I didn't particularly like the gameplay and I even tried playing one of the newer battlefront games with some friends a number of years ago and I, I just felt the same way about it like I just it's not for me but I still think it's cool that they brought these ones over because they brought they've remastered a bunch of the Star Wars games and put them on Switch. And I actually have a lot of them. Um, let's see here, I'm, I have both Knights of the Old Republics. I have uh, Episode One Racer, uh, Republic Commando. That might be all of them. No, there's something else I have too. One second. Oh yeah, Jedi Knight um, and Jedi Knight 2, both of those, yeah. So yeah, I have a bunch of them. I haven't really played anything but the original uh, KOTOR and a little bit of KOTOR 2. Hmm. But they were cheap. It was like 20 bucks a game for, for the two packs. So, Not bad. That's a good deal. But, yeah, so... Alright, um... Another game that interested me quite a bit was a little game called Pepper Grinder. And it's like it's like a 2D sprite kind of game. Um, I I love the art style. I love um, just what what the game looks like. It pretty much is. I don't I don't know exactly how to describe it. Like I don't know if it's considered a Metroidvania because I didn't look that much into it. But um, it does actually have a demo right now. I just haven't checked it out. And I don't. It just—it's a really cool-looking game. Something that I'm very interested in playing. And I, I might grab. I might just check out the demo and see what I think of it. Um, see if it ends up being as cool as it looks. But yeah, cool pixel art, all that. Um, I guess whatever your next game is on your list. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just mention one more. Uh, Gundam Breaker 4. That's a game that uh, I 
I've I've been interested in a lot of the Gundam games, especially the older ones. The newer ones, not so much, just because I'm not really interested in multiplayer only games, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much what a lot of the ones have been doing. Like um, uh, I, Operation. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what it was, but essentially the last two Gundam games they made were pretty much just full multiplayer uh, mm. PVE games. So something like this is sort of going back to the older ones. I know that they made um, New new Breaker or some other Gundam Breaker game, but I wasn't really fond of that game because it really was focusing more so on the, uh, the one, the build Gundam series, which I wasn't a fan of just because it really was just focusing on the Gunpla, which I love Gunpla, but I'm not really focused. I, I don't like really want a series that's based on people who just build the models sets of the actual show, um, even mm. though in the show itself, it's like they're special and they sort of like come to life and whatnot. I'm just like, no, I just went standard Gundam uh, stuff like like that. So this one seems to be more in that line. It's not really more like you're playing as the toys, but you're actually just building your own custom Gundams and duking it out so i appreciate that um so i i do have my eye on that i'm gonna see more development as it comes out but i'm interested in that and also i saw that there is a deluxe edition um this is for the ps5 and the switch i'm really considering getting this because it comes with a an exclusive actual physical gunpla set that you can build and i love building gundam gunpla so i i'm really interested in buying it just for the sake even if i don't play the switch version mm-hmm. buy it just to get that and build it and still possibly just getting the pc version uh on the side later on at like one sale or something like that yeah. so that's that, that's why i missed it in there yeah um this one looked pretty interesting to me uh it kind of makes me think of what I wanted um, that mech game on Switch. What's it called? Um, I, oh, I always... Ex Machina? Damon X Machina. That's what it is. I kept wanting to say Deus X Machina or just X Machina. It's like, I know that's not correct. <laughs> so Damon X Machina. That's what it was. Yeah. It kind of looks like in terms of how the combat looks that it's more what what I wanted out of Damon X Machina where they're where it feels like there's more of an impact to your blows and everything else, because um, ne- the only Gundam series I ever really watched was Gundam Wing, you know, which was back in the late 90s, watching that in middle school, um, when that was on Toonami back in the day. But it's like, that's the only thing that I ever really, like, got into with Gundam, but I've always loved the designs and... Uh, I always thought it would be fun to have like a good mech kind of game with that style of gameplay. So this one looks cool. It's definitely not something where I'm like, oh, I wanna, I wanna buy this day one. No, I mean, it's definitely more like, I'll wait till it's like 80, 90% off and then maybe yeah. check it out <laughs> if I'm still interested. Unless, unless you get it and say that it's like so much fun that it's totally worth buying. In which case, you know, I'll trust your judgment. But um, yeah. I, I do agree, though. I think it looks pretty cool. All right. Let me double check. I think that's the... I think I only have the one game left on my list. Let's see here. Um, 
Oh no, I guess I do have two more. So I'll do mine and then let you do your last one before we talk about the one that we both have in common. So, <laughs> um, the next one that was interesting to me uh, is one that I haven't ever actually played before uh, of the series, but uh, that's Endless Ocean. So this was the one more thing um, at the end of the Nintendo Direct, which I'm not really sure why it was the one more thing. Like, I... I... I don't know. I guess maybe the series is popular enough to where where it was justified having it as the one more thing. But anyway, um, I just think it looks like the kind of game I would enjoy, like exploration under the ocean. I, I never played the first game. I actually wanted to check and see if it's on Steam because I would be much more interested in playing it on Steam. And from what I saw the gameplay, I can't tell if it's because of being underwater or if it's because it's on the switch but it seems like it has a pretty low frame rate and i don't think i could deal with that very well even if it is just like a very chill game um i i'm not really sure i would want to do that oh yeah and this one says online play for up to 30 players which i'm just thinking if it's struggling that much with one player <laughs> that's that's a dangerous thing, but I, I suppose as long as there's not, like, combat or whatever, it may not be a, a huge issue, but I don't know. I, I'll, lo I'll look into this one. I'll check and see if it's on Steam, if the first one's on Steam, and if so, you know, grab it on a, on a steep discount, try it out, see if it grabs me enough to warrant actually going for, um, you know, checking out the, the second game as well, but anyway, I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, and I do agree that this is definitely one of the more unique games. It's a game that isn't something that you can say is a retread of a certain type of game. Uh, so I do appreciate that it is unique in that aspect. And I never actually didn't I didn't even know that the game was uh, originally released on the Wii until today. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know that the game had been made before. So this was a surprise to me seeing this game and even learning about this. I guess you could really call it a series if it's really only the second game, but uh, well, technically, yeah, te technically, but uh, it definitely was a surprise to just hear about this in the first place. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's I appreciate getting that knowledge from the announcement. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game uh, on your list. All right, so last one for me is going to be Unicorn Overlord. Um, I, I, I've heard of the game a couple times. Seeing it, though, again, it's really making me really, really salty. Uh, just because of the fact that this is a Vanillaware game, and Vanillaware is notorious for not bringing their games to PC. Uh, mm. And so I really am interested in this game. I'm not the biggest strategy uh, mm -hmm. games ex a person, but yeah. this one definitely looked nice. It sort of also sort of reminded me of just getting that Final Fantasy esque type of game, but you're mm -hmm. not getting Final Fantasy. So I mean, not I'm not Final Fantasy, Fire Emblem, uh, Fire Emblem type of game, but not getting yeah. Fire Emblem. So I'm very interested in this game, but uh, ouch, it's it's Vanillaware. So yeah. I know it's never coming to PC, but 
it, it definitely looks great. It still catches my attention. It's mm -hmm. just, mm, yeah. Well, it does look like it's actually 60 frames per second on the Switch. True. So at least true. there's that, and there is a demo that's available now. So you could always check out the demo, see if you like it enough to warrant buying it later on. True. I mean, I would definitely say if you buy this one, buy a physical because, though, I mean, you know, besides besides the whole thing about owning games, these ones, like the physical versions, just disappear. It's like I, I wish I had grabbed the physical of Muramasa Rebirth, and I didn't. And I mean, yeah, I have it digitally, and I have it in because my Vita is uh, modded. I don't think I have any anything to worry about, like losing my digital copy, but. Even so, I still wish I had it physical. Of course, I was hoping when I saw this, I was like, you know, maybe by some chance with them showing off Unicorn Overlord, they'll finally announce that some of the other Vanillaware games are being ported over to Switch, like Muramasa or Dragon's Crown, which I'm less interested in Dragon's Crown, but I've been asking for Muramasa Rebirth to be ported over for years <laughs> because it's such a fantastic game and I would just, I would love to see it come to other platforms but no it's it's on the vita and only on the vita i mean at least it's it looks great on the vita runs great i mean 60 frames per second there and it's you know on that beautiful oled screen so it's looks and, and plays runs fantastic so it's not a total loss being able to only play on vita but i still would like to have a physical version and get it on switch and PC if they ever actually brought their games over, but like you said, they don't, so. Probably Our, in the case of never is never. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I, 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 would I would love to be able to say never and then it actually happened, but I don't think that's how it usually works. I think it's more like <laughs> when you say, I'll never do something, then you end up doing it. But if you say someone else will never do something, that doesn't mean anything. It just means that they're probably still never going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, PlayStation fanboys said that, you know, there would never be a day that their their first-party games, their big first-party games would come over to PC, and then they started coming over, and it's like, well, but not the really big ones. Then the really big ones started coming over. But but not day, I mean, but, you know, not less than, like, three, four years, and then they started coming, you know, two years later. <laughs> it's like, well, but, but not day and date, and then you get... Uh, <laughs> what you call it, uh, Helldivers 2. And I, I firmly believe that there's going to be, probably next year, we're going to see one of their new first-party games coming to PC day and date. And, I mean, one of the first-party single-player games, one of the new ones. And then that will be their testing ground, is with the new IP. And I mean, of course, at that point, then I guarantee you the the goalpost is going to be moved. Yeah, but but not the existing ones. They're just doing it because it's a new IP, and then they do the existing yeah. IPs. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. All right. So now the star of the show for the Nintendo Direct, and also for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox. Shin Megami Tensei 5 Vengeance. Alright, so um, of course I have plenty to say, but since you have not talked about this one yet, and I have talked extensively about it, I want to hear your thoughts. I am 
very surprised at first when I uh before I even fully watched the trailer uh I was thinking is this just a new story is this just a side story and I realized no this is actually the full game plus additional content I was like wow and then the fact that it's coming everywhere uh it's no longer just a switch exclusive is incredible um I I I'm I'm not, I can't. I I guess I shouldn't be too surprised considering the fact that Atlas and Sega have realized it, it, it doesn't make sense just to like have exclusives. Let's port port everything everywhere. You know, uh-huh. Yakuza goes on Xbox. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Persona. Hey, everyone gets that game now. So it's great that this game is coming everywhere, and I like the fact that it's not only just a simple port, but they're actually adding in. I think a new story altogether mm-hmm. so that's interesting to see on that aspect as well um i had seen a guy before who bought uh who had bought the original shin megami tensei 5 he had played it he eventually emulated it on pc and was mm-hmm. really hoping to get the game ported and so i know that he's very happy now uh because of that and yeah i mean i think it's great i've been interested in the game i've never actually played a shimagami tensei game before um i think i remember seeing i can't remember which one it was it, it was one of the games that was on ds back in nintendo power mm-hmm. and granted i probably was definitely way too young to play that so obviously i wasn't gonna be playing well, i mean that, you were like uh, five back then right <laughs> oh not quite i mean give me about you know nearly an an extra an extra decade maybe okay maybe almost fair enough yeah so uh i i i definitely saw that and was like oh that seems interesting uh but now i definitely hearing about it and i'm also because of that i know that i'm interested in seeing the fact that shimagami tensei is a darker persona mm-hmm. so yeah. it is i i'm interested in eventually when i get around to it Playing Persona and then comparing that with Shimagami Tensei yeah. and seeing like how the two in their styles just like how how they feel. So I mm-hmm. imagine that. Uh, granted, the closest to Shimagami Tensei I got was um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, yeah. on the Wii U. So that's mm-hmm. the closest I've gotten to it. But I guess I, maybe in some aspect that's maybe a little bit more Persona just because of the feel and the. It's, it's. I mean, just because the atmosphere. Yeah, no, is. no, no. I, I, I would definitely say. I mean, like, I, it's hard to call it really either one because it's so. I mean, it's lighter-hearted in general, like Persona can be, but I, it never gets serious, whereas Persona does get serious. It's just that it's hmm. not like I mean, like Shin Megami Tensei is just dark, period. <laughs> um, and Persona has has that mix of the light elements along with the dark stuff. But, yeah. But, yeah, so I I am interested. I might not get it just, like, day one. Mm -hmm. uh, Just because, for one thing, I've got quite a bit of backlog, and still, I haven't even touched any of the Persona games yet, so... I'll probably wait to get it, but it is something that I will have my eye on um, and look into getting, like, down the road. Yeah. 
Well, what I will say about playing a Persona game versus playing a Shin Megami Tensei game, I think it really depends on what you're looking for. So it's not just a tone thing, because yes, of course, the Shin Megami Tensei game is much darker, um, but also like the style of gameplay, because Persona has like the social aspects with you, um, you know, interacting with people more and getting to know other characters and um, you have like social links and that sort of thing, which help to strengthen your personas, but also help you to, you know, give you more story because you learn more about different characters, not just within your team, but also uh, just people within your high school around Japan. I mean, you know, around like your area, etc. So, um, and, and the style of gameplay, it's like you have, Basically, you have your dungeons where you're doing turn-based combat. Um, a lot of times, they're they're very randomized. Well, I should say, some parts of them are are procedurally generated, and then other like the main dungeons, at least in uh, in five, are very are actually structured dungeons with specific like places you go and everything. So there's there's a mix of both in that game. But Shin Megami Tensei, you have exploration, a lot of exploration, which, or well, I should say Shin Megami Tensei 5, you have a lot of exploration. There's some of it to a degree in earlier games, particularly 4, um, but it's definitely nowhere near as extensive as it is in 5. 5, five is much more extensive. It's not like Breath of the Wild levels by any stretch, but it is... Um, there's still a lot to explore, lots of collectibles to find, and, you know, chests to open, and, and um, you know, things to do, and, um, you know, free running and all that. So it's, it's, all, it's all really, it's very different from that standpoint. And, of course, obviously the themes are, are much different, even though, you know, this, this isn't spoiling anything dramatic, but both Persona and Shin Megami Tensei, they tend to fall into the Japanese game trope of um, being oppressed by their version of deities, you know, their, their weak, pathetic versions of deities that are not, do not line up with, like, the God of the Bible or anything, despite even, even ones that they try to say are the same. Um... And that, you know, after a hundred hours of grinding, you can you can defeat this all-powerful god, apparently. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's just like... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a trope, and it's it's a very common trope within... within these types of games. I mean, it's just in general. I, I find it's, it's super common. And, I mean, they always have, you know, their representations of whether it's gods that are supposed to be ba loosely based on on, you know, biblical uh, characters or, you know, God or, you know, Lucifer, Satan, etc. Or, you know, based off of gods from other uh, religions like Hinduism and so on and so forth. They're always, even at their most powerful, it's still possible to defeat them. And that's just a trope that they have constantly. And I find it funny and sad at the same time um but yeah so this game um base I, there there was a a video where they 
they did kind of like a Q&A, well, not so much a Q&A, but more like a talking about what exactly the major differences are between this and the original version of Shin Megami Tensei 5. And basically what it is is that they've added in a thing at the beginning of the game where you have a choice between helping someone or not helping someone, and that determines which story path you follow. And there, I mean, there's always been like multiple, technically multiple story paths within each one. Like you have the chaos, um, the law, and the neutral route for each one. But this one, and and that just is determined by decisions that you make throughout. There's just a you know handful of decisions for each route that determine which ending you get. So you typically will have you know three different endings for um, for the story. This one, because of the that it added that new thing in the beginning, it makes it that you have two completely opposite story paths that cover completely different stories. And so you can still do the original story from the original game by following the one path. And if you, it, which I, th- I think is basically you don't help the, or you don't help this character, that you, this girl that you find in the beginning, or you don't grab her hand or whatever, uh, versus if you if you do, then you get the new story that's completely different. And I think that it's, in some ways, it, this is kind of like if you took Shin Megami Tensei 4 and Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, which are two different stories, except that instead of it being one of them takes place after the first game, this one is just a splitting of you know directions depending on which direction you take. So it's it's like a a full meat version. They said that uh, each one, each uh, direction you go, the average playthrough is about eighty hours. So you, if you play through both stories, you get about one hundred and sixty hours of gameplay. Uh, that's that's just just going through the story. They didn't say anything about if you're doing all the side content. Um, this does include all the DLC from Shimigami Tensei Five, which is great. Um, cause I, I, I ended up just buying all of that, like right after I got the game, because I decided I wanted to, I enjoyed the game so much and it was all great. There's only one boss I never beat, which was just <laughs> absurdly hard. And like, I just didn't take the time to figure out what I needed to do in order to beat him. At that point, I didn't feel like I needed to, cause it was completely optional. It's just a super boss. Um, but yeah, so all that being said, of course, I've been excited about the, I've been looking forward to this, uh, for a long time, you know, wh- ever since we saw in the NVIDIA leak that Shin Megami Tensei 5 was coming to PC. Um, I've been waiting to see if this would actually happen and, you know, the NVIDIA leak hadn't been wrong so far and sure enough, it still is, <laughs> is absolutely correct. So everything that they've t- they've shown so far is legit i mean there's still plenty of things left to see i mean we haven't got the official word of like ghost of tsushima or demon souls on pc even though we know they're both coming particularly demon souls since it was in the original trailer before they pulled it down um but this is a game that i really really thoroughly enjoyed i don't take the story seriously because it like i said it's just it's the same trope I mean, they have slightly different ways that they approach the story. Um, and 
I mean, the the trope that I gave you doesn't really spoil anything. It's just kind of like, this is a general, this is the kind of thing that you see in these kinds of games. And I've just discovered that that's the case, no matter which one you do. There, There's differences enough in the story, and there's enough interesting stuff to where it's like, you just have to look at it as, this is their made-up lore for their versions of Lucifer and... Uh, Satan, and I mean, they, they don't even necessarily always focus on those characters, but they, they do have their own versions of uh, biblical of, of God and of Satan and of Lucifer and they separate Satan and Lucifer as two different people, apparently um, and like angels and archangels that are named in, in scripture and stuff, and it's like these, are, these don't match up at all with what you see in the Bible um, they're versions of the like Hindu and Buddhist deities are are similarly I think just basically like their own made up versions of these deities. But since I don't know enough about them, I couldn't say one hundred percent. Either way, I think that the gameplay is just really good, and that's really what it comes down to. The gameplay is great, the music is great, and being able to play this game at 60 frames per second with better visuals, like significantly better visuals. Because, I mean, it was actually a really good-looking game on Switch. Um, It's one of the better-looking games on Switch. But the performance in general was, like, 20 to 30. Like, I think it was probably 30 more when you're in battle, and then when you're out in the open world running around, it would sometimes dip into the 20s. Um, and for the game, because of the fact that it's all turn-based and everything, there's no, like, actions. I mean, no actions that uh, a better frame rate would make a real difference for. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I definitely look forward to having the best possible version of the game. Um, this is kind of random related to it. I mean, you asked part of it. The Switch version of Shin Megami Tensei 5 actually has a field of view slider. Which is, like, interesting because that never happens on consoles, especially on the Switch of all platforms. Um, I always thought that was interesting, and, I mean, I I cranked it up, and, you know, I I definitely definitely made use of it. It was great having that extra field of view, but... um, Yeah, I'm just... I'm super stoked about this. Like, I'm, I'm planning to actually buy both PC and Switch versions. Um, mostly for the comparison, um, but also because of the fact that that way I can have the another physical copy of this game. Um, I'm, I'm probably not really going to play it on the Switch apart from uh, you know just booting it up initially. But because of the fact that if if I, if I do it right when it comes out, that will give me the opportunity to be able to uh, you know hit. Strike while the iron is hot. I'm, I'm probably going to just plan on doing it. I'll see if I can pre-order enough in advance to where maybe I can at least pay for one of them a while before so it's not spending, you know, $120 um, all at once. <laughs> Especially because I'll probably get the deluxe version actually on, on PC. And um, But if I go through, you know, whatever site happens to have a discount, whether it's Green Man Gaming or Fanatical or whatever then I should be able to at least save some money. And, yeah. I mean, because I've seen people emulating um, the Switch version and putting, you know, doing it 4K, 60, and it's like, it's gorgeous. And 
being able to get, I mean, like on my, in my case, I would probably super sample to, uh, you know, render the game at 4K and then, you know, um, down sample to, uh, to 1080p because I'm sure that my PC could probably do it without too much trouble and get, you know, at least 60 frames per second, probably more, depending on how much of the, how much of that I do, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it, as I've stated, and it does, it comes out June 21st, so uh, plenty of time before then. I'm thinking I might play through Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne before then, because I do have that, and that would give me an opportunity to, since, since the super boss of the game, like the major super boss, which, I mean, it's not story related at all, it's he's just the DLC boss, is the uh, Demi-Fiend from Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, the main character, uh, then I think that I would be more like willing to put in the effort if I play through that game first and I've been wanting to do it anyway. So, Anyway, uh, that's I think that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> I've been <laughs> babbling for a while. Any other thoughts on that? Uh... I, I guess just after hearing you mention several of these and some of the differences between some of them, which entry in the series would you say is your favorite? Uh, I mean, five, without question. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the only one other one that I've actually completed is four. Um, and four, at the time, I didn't like it more just because I got frustrated. And I know that it, it was really just because I was playing the game correctly. I was trying to... Um, I, I treated my demons like their Pokemon and thinking that I could stick with the same demons that I got early in the game and just get them up high levels and that they would still be viable late in the game and that's not how it works at all. You have to get better demons, you have to fuse them together or things like that in order to be viable late in the game um, because the early game demons that you can get do not... Uh, do not learn like advanced skills as they level up. You know, their stats might improve a little bit, but because they're using low level skills, they're completely worthless late in the game. And that between between that and um, just some issues I had with the map of the game, I, I very much got frustrated with it and did not want to continue. But uh, with with five, because of the fact that it had that great open world exploration had incredible music and um it, it I mean it looked good and it just I just really enjoyed the gameplay the, the exploration honestly was the thing that that sold me on the game in the first place and it was my favorite thing about the game I thought I thought all of it was great but that was my favorite thing of all because just like the exploration with that fantastic soundtrack just great combination and I I I came as close to 100%ing the game as I could without getting multiple endings, you know, without playing through the game multiple times. I played through it just once, just got the neutral ending, which is supposed to be the best ending anyway. That's it. So, yeah. Obviously, I could talk lots and lots <laughs> about that game, because I, I just, I loved it way more than I expected to. So... And initially, I wasn't even planning to grab it, but um, 
shout out OJ Player Essence. He uh, he convinced me to give it a try because I after after four like I just wasn't even willing to give it a shot, and then you know with everything he said positive about it and watching some of his gameplay, I'm like, you know what? I think I might give it a chance, and I did, and I loved it. All right, any other thoughts on the Nintendo Direct before we move on into the last topic for the night? Uh, no, sir. All right, so today, in addition to that Nintendo Direct, we had finally the reveal for the Elden Ring DLC Shadow of the Earth Tree. And um, as someone who has not finished Elden Ring... And it has, I mean, you know, even I put like probably 60 hours into it. Um, I look at this trailer and I'm like, yep, looks like Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> and th- that's that's about all I can say. It's like, oh, I'm sure it's great, but I haven't finished Elden Ring. I haven't even finished Dark Souls. I mean, it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, looks great. Just not going to be something I play. At least not anytime soon. Maybe years down the line. But uh, your <laughs> thoughts, your thoughts on this? I, I definitely agree with that, with that sentiment. Uh, it definitely does look like Elden Ring, and oof, even as someone who has put even less time as you, uh, less time than you, I'm still just really, I'm just really excited about this because before I, or at least while I was still waiting to play Elden Ring in a viable state since my um, previous uh, laptop was not handling that very Mm. well. I still wanted to hear a little bit of the story here and there and one thing that I had that had caught my ear was just um, I guess maybe slight spoilers was just um, for the boss uh, Melina and just the fact uh, of hearing what she did for Mikola or was trying to for Mikola and the fact that Mikola is being shown and we're going to get more information about him in the DLC I'm excited to hear that so that is what I that's partially what I'm really just really excited to see and hear more about I, I I'm going to do something though that I didn't do something I should have done uh, before is make sure that I what if whenever I get the DLC is to not wait too long before I complete uh, all the other achievements because unfortunately something I did with Dark Souls 3 was I went ahead and played the game, beat it completely, got all the achievements in the game, then I started the DLC. Mm. The problem with that is the fact that by the time I got all the achievements, in order to get the achievements, you have to play the game at least three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means you're going to New Game Plus 2. So everything's going to be harder. So by the time I get into the DLC, sure, I'm at a higher level than I was, that I would probably normally be going to the DLC. But everything also is a whole lot stronger and yeah. hits harder too. and has more health. So... I'm going to try to avoid that this time. I'm going to at least fit, get through most of the game, do some DLC, 
and then do the achievements or try to get all the achievements. So that way, I, I I'm not going to go into the DLC uh, and and have a bad time. Yeah. So, so that's what I'll say about that. But although actually I did sort of learn my lesson, and partially just because it was sort of already baked into there into the game was uh, with Dark Souls Remastered, I did complete the DLC before finishing the game. Granted, I haven't mm -hmm. actually finished Dark Souls Remastered yet, but I did complete the DLC, so I took care of all the hard bosses before uh, actually going through the hard mode of the game, so mm -hmm. I, I do feel accomplished in that regard. That's good. Yeah, I mean, every time I see like gameplay from Elden Ring, I'm just like, man, I want to play Elden Ring. Like, I really do want to get into it. It's just... I always come across those challenges that I just feel like, well, not that I feel like, that that just pull me away because I just get so frustrated and so tired of dying over and over and over and not feeling like I'm making any progress. And, and then it's just like all the things I love, like especially the open world of Elden Ring, um, just end up... I don't. I just, I just don't. I just don't make as much progress as I want to, and I definitely still have not done a ton in Elden Ring, even with all the time I put into it. And I don't know. Of course, I always also have the issue of you know trying to play a game like that and feeling like guilty for for playing it when I still haven't finished Dark Souls and Dark Souls. I you know had played. Well, I guess technically I did start Elden Ring before I started Dark Souls, but I got more heavily into Dark Souls before I got into Elden Ring. Even though now I'm starting Dark Souls over again because <laughs> my build was garbage because I actually put points into Resistance, which was complete waste of stuff. But um, yeah, it's definitely one of those where I think it's great that it's finally coming for, for all the fans of the game but I need to actually finish at least one game at least one Soulsborne game before I even consider moving on to something new or you know trying to dive deeper into something new and I just think starting with the oldest well the oldest one apart from Demon Souls anyway uh, makes the most sense because I always I, I know that in my experience, with every other time that I've played um, games in a series, it I always appreciate the later games much more after playing the earlier games because the earlier games, you know, have their issues with them, and you know, as the controls improve and so on and so forth, it's like you can appreciate how much it's changed from the earliest game and all that. So. Anyway, that is all I have to say about that. I'm trying to decide if I, I'm trying to decide if I actually went to, pre, I, just thinking about it now, I'm trying to decide if I went to pre-order the DLC or not just because of the collector's edition. Right. Uh, because I didn't pre-order the base game when it came out and mm. I thought later on I thought man I wish I had 
gotten the collector's edition, only to see that it's no longer available. Um, I'm considering. I'm considering it. I'm thinking maybe I might not, but I might just get the um, the helmet that is standalone. So I might get the the standalone helmet and then just later on get the DLC. Um, and I, I I actually probably will say this though. I considered getting the deluxe edition, but because it comes with the soundtrack as well as the art book uh, mm -hmm. digitally, but I thought about it, I realized they're probably just going to do the same thing where it yep. is only via via whatever app they're using instead, whatever program, instead of just giving you the actual files. So I might just skip that and just get the standard uh, DLC version just because I really, I'm, I, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, once you know how to do it, it's not... I mean, it's a little bit complicated, but if if you if you are actually going to listen to the soundtrack, it can be worth it. I mean, obviously, you did it previously and you had the issues, but since there is a way to do it, I would definitely say you should just go for it, at least with that part. And then, you know, I, I think getting the standalone helmet is probably the way to go, because unless you want that statue, which I don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. I wouldn't want the statue personally, but <laughs> I, I've I've learned my lesson about buying buying those versions that come with like the the special like physical thing because I've just it just collects dust for me. And I mean, like like the the last thing I got that actually came with a physical thing like that was Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Which I still had the Gormagala little plastic oh my gosh, statue yes, thing. That is, um, yes. but that was the last one I got, and I actually ended up selling the physical version because I because I didn't want to wait, and so I down I just downloaded the digital version. And yeah, I, I mean I I have it permanently, so it's it's fine from that standpoint. But I kind of wish I had kept the cartridge because um, I don't have the physical version of Monster Hunter Three, at least not the uh, 3DS version. But um. But like I, I, I had previously gotten both the, uh, the uh, replica of the portal gun from Portal Two, as well. Well, actually, I guess it was. I, I get yeah, it was the Portal Two gun, but it was made by Nika and ECA, um, and then they also did one for the gravity gun, and I had both of those, but. I mean, like, they were cool at first, but they just ended up collecting dust. I ended up just selling them before I moved because I wasn't going to try to haul those massive boxes. And I got decent money off of them, so it was like, all right. I mean, I think I got at least what I paid for them. Maybe more. I don't remember, but I just, I don't even bother with these things anymore because those collectible toy things are pointless to me. I like having the steel books, though. I'll, I'll go for a steelbook anytime I can. I'm sure Shimagami Tensei 5 will have a steelbook. Because um, the, the original version did, and it was even still available after it launched. Because, yeah, I have that one, the steelbook, and I'll get Vengeance and Steelbook as well. But, yeah. Anyway. Well, since it's late, I think we just won't even worry about talking about the other two topics. Maybe if we if we need some extra content, we can talk about them next week. But um, yeah. So, uh, you got anything else before we close out for the night? Uh, no, sir. All right. Recommendations and dissuasions. 
Alright, my recommendation is if you are using uh, Linux, update your, uh, update your software, uh, because I, <laughs> the, the thing that, or partially the thing that went to me to, uh, made me want to switch from Windows to Linux was the constant updates for Windows, uh, just because I was tired of update, of being forced to update. And so mm -hmm. I went to Linux, and I was like, this is awesome. I'm not being forced to update uh, my programs and stuff like that. The problem with that uh, is the fact that if you wait too long, your key rings uh, will expire and mm. you will no longer be able to update your files because, or at least if you're using whatever package manager you're using, mm. just because uh, they won't be recognized. So you have to completely download new up and refresh your key rings. So unfortunately I forgot the uh, prompt that's needed to do that. So I spent about a good half hour, 45 minutes trying to figure that out, uh, going mm. to different forums before I learned, like, here's what I needed to do and do it. But essentially, I could have avoided all of that if I had just went ahead and done some updates a little earlier. And I think maybe depending on which version of Lynx you're using, especially if it's more of a rolling release versus one that is just a pre-standard version, it's not too up or not, it's not a bleeding edge. Those you might have more leniency and you might be able to do Maybe let's wait longer, but at least with mine, mine was, I think, it's slightly more rolling release than, say, another one. That might be why I had less time to wait, but um, just make sure. But yeah, I recommend doing an update at least maybe once a month. I think maybe, depending on your uh, distro, you could probably wait a little bit longer. But just so you can avoid going through the hassle that I did, just do updates. I mean, don't be as lazy as me. Alright. Good to know. I don't know if I'll ever actually switch over to Linux. It's like, I, I, I love the idea of it, but... Compatibility with, with certain software that I use all the time, I just feel like I'm going to have too many headaches trying to take care of that, so... I, I just haven't made that jump. Plus, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't want effort. I don't want to like rebuild everything from scratch because it's just it's kind of a hassle. So, <laughs> especially since I've you know had this particular computer you know at least with like the base operating system on my hard drive for eight years. I mean, granted, I've upgraded the PC to where it's practically not the same machine anymore. The only thing that's really the same are two of the hard drives, but. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Uh, maybe maybe if Linux ever, like, catches up enough to where I feel like it's it's worth the effort, perhaps. Because I do, I do like Linux, at least on the Steam Deck. But I just feel like it's too much of a learning curve to have to start over. And especially considering the fact that it wouldn't just be me that has to learn it. It would also be my wife who has to learn it. And mm. it's easier to just stick with something that we both know already. So, anyway, um, my recommendation, I'm actually going to cheat and do two recommendations. So, I'm recommending both Sea of Stars and Persona 3 Reload. Sea of Stars is available on just about every platform. Um, you can get it on Switch, 
PS4, I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox One, PS5, Series X, Series S, um, Steam, Switch, if I didn't already say Switch. Um, you can get it on just about any platform. A heavily inspired by Chrono Trigger. Not as good, but still a great game. Still a, a very great game. Really an incredible game. Um, and Persona 3 Reload is... I mean, it's only... It's on uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series consoles, PC. Not on Switch. Probably will end up being on Switch too, I would assume. Um, but it's a fantastic remake from what I've played so far. It really takes all the best things about the previous versions of Persona 3 and uses those, plus has um, a lot of quality of life improvements over the original versions. And um, as far as data mines have indicated, the the story, the answer that's like post-game thing that was originally part of Persona 3 FES is supposed to be coming in the future. So people who were afraid about that uh, not coming over, it appears that it is coming. The only thing that is not present from a previous version of Persona 3 is the female protagonist as an option, which is only in Persona 3 Portable. But, like, it doesn't matter to me because I wasn't going to play as female protagonist anyway. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, I... I, I, I I mean, I think it's great that the option exists and it, it changes the way that the game plays in some ways in terms of, you know, how you interact with, with different people. But anyway. Yep, those are my recommendations. Both of those games. Dissuasion. Alright, so I'm sort of uh, going off of my recommendation and that is for people who do use Linux, specifically people in Linux forums. Don't be jerks. People are coming into your forums because they want your help. They're trying to make the effort in learning Linux. They're trying to mm -hmm. understand Linux and get it to work for them. Uh, these are people who may have just come off of Windows. And considering the fact that maybe a lot of people who use Windows probably haven't even done anything like go into their control panel and change settings there you expect them to know all these certain things coming into linux and you expect them to have your level of knowledge um and you can tell people to read the manual and read the instructions all you want but at the end of the day people when they look for answers on the internet they just want or answer they don't want to do all this research um mm. you might appreciate that you might like doing that I might like doing that sometimes, but other people do not like that. So right. you really need to be better. And especially for people who provide answers um, and just and you just say, that doesn't work. And the funny thing is a couple of times people have come back later and said, hey, that actually worked for me. <laughs> uh, so that's my that, that that's my dissuasion. Don't be a jerk to people who are trying to make the effort and using the platform that you want people to use, you're just trying to just, you're just essentially dissuading them and convincing them not to use it because you make it seem like a platform not to use because they can't get the answers that they need. So 
that's my dissuasion there. Good dissuasion. I remember you you doing a video about that one a while ago. And <laughs> having, having pretty much the same thoughts. And yep, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. You know, it's like this elitist mentality that you know, we're so much better than you because we already <laughs> use this platform long before you had a chance to play it or you to use it. And if you're not smart enough to look at the manual, then you're just not smart enough and uh, go away, filthy peasant. <laughs> Something along those lines. But um, yeah, I, I I definitely can't stand it when people are like that. And the other thing is that sometimes it's just a matter of efficiency. It's like, yes, I could go to, I could look through a big manual and I could find these things. But sometimes it's just not efficient to do so. And sometimes getting specific, more specific answers, the manual is not going to cover the specific, specific things that I need answers to. And so sometimes it's just easier to ask the questions to actual people who have comprehension instead of just Google searching and trying to think of the right search terms to get the answers that I need. Um, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. My dissuasion, uh, these are actually the things that I basically had from last week that I ended up changing because of the, the whole thing about Battle Royale, but uh, <laughs> this, this one is something completely different from that, and that is don't let aging get you down. Now, granted, I'm 37. I'm not old, so... Um, at least, you know, to quote the great peasant philosopher Dennis... Um, I'm 37. I'm not old, but so, so like I, I can't obviously speak from the experience of people who are in their 50s, 60s, and so on and so forth. But I, I definitely see some people who they they have a hard time with the idea of getting older, and it can be for any number of reasons. Maybe they feel like they're their life doesn't have enough direction. You know, maybe they feel like they should have figured some things out already. Um, you know, maybe they're single and looking for for a spouse, or they're um, or they've they've had previous relationships that just completely failed, whether because of the other person specifically or because of decisions that they themselves made. You know, th there's obviously a whole lot of different factors that go into why people might be having a difficult time with getting older. But one of the things that I, I just think we have to recognize is that it is a natural part of life. And instead of fretting about it, just try to live your life as much as you can with in light of getting older and just learn to, I guess, appreciate all the experiences that you've had, whether good or bad, because they've helped to develop you into a different person. Um, now, obviously, I'm speaking as someone who, you know, I met my wife when I was 19. You know, and we've we've been married, I mean, we've been a couple now for over 18 years. We've been married for almost 15 years. And, you know, we have three kids and all that. And it's, I mean, of course, from my perspective, you know, it might sound like I, I'm saying this being like, oh, you know, things will be all right for you because things have been all right for me from that standpoint. And I've had my own difficulties. I still have my own difficulties. 
Um, getting older has not really been one of them, thankfully. Um, I actually don't have any problem with the fact that I have a bunch of gray hair. It's like, hey, I still have my hair. My dad didn't have <laughs> hair when he was my age. So it's like, I say that as a plus. And I'm not going to say that, it's n- that I'm never going to go bald because never say never. But at least for now, you know, it's like, I'll take the gray hair over losing my hair any day. And um, I especially have to say for guys, especially guys, don't fret about getting older and especially don't dye your hair. Please don't dye your hair. Because the reality is that the gray hair makes you more attractive to women. Just plain and simple. I mean, now maybe maybe not if you're like 600 pounds or something. Um, then you have a whole different issue. I mean, I have enough of an issue being like 250. But, you know, of course, for me, it doesn't matter because I'm married. <laughs> that, enough about that. But the point is, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is that you can get older and just learn to appreciate the things that are good about getting older. Because there are things that are good about getting older. And, you know, if you're in your 20s, and you know you're you're worried about where your life is going, etc. Yes, there are definitely things you can do to improve your life for sure. Lots of things you can do to improve your life, whether it's improving your health, improving your finances, you know, finding a better job, taking chances, and and you know doing different things with your life. But don't stress about it all because while we're never promised tomorrow, none of us are promised tomorrow. It doesn't matter how healthy you are, how fat you are, how skinny you are, how, um, you know, what you are. None of us are promised tomorrow. Just appreciate the time that you've had because you don't know how much time that you'll have. And you may very well get to a point where, you know, you die in a way that, that you wouldn't expect. And of course there's, I could I could go into a gospel presentation here, of course, but that's not the this is not the place for that specifically. We don't have an audience anyway, so um, I don't know. I'm going way off topic, but I, I can't even remember what specifically it was that brought up this topic <laughs> when I wrote down the dissuasion last week. But I definitely say just don't let aging get you down. Learn to appreciate what what age has brought you and what it can continue to bring you as you get older that's 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 very good and it's definitely something that i i I can definitely relate to in a sense i mean for one thing when i was 17 about to turn 18 i kind of felt like i had a bit of a midlife crisis just because i realized oh gosh i'm turning 18 i'm gonna be a legal adult oh my goodness and I was like, I don't know what to do <laughs> next. And then, like, in my... And then, oh, I mean, granted, this wasn't too far long ago, but, like, in my mid-20s, just thinking... uh, Looking at just, like, other people, like, my friends and stuff, seeing, like, other people, thinking, I'm not where I should be in my life, as far as just, like, I feel like I should be doing better. Um, And then I'm just, like, I, I, I feel like I should be more than I am right now um but just realize and then like just later realize like no like uh, like other people's circumstances are not my circumstances I have to take what I have and do the best I can with it and you know 
let God lead me to where I need to be, um, not necessarily where I want to be or where I think mm -hmm. I should be right now, because what his plans are for me are completely different from what my plans could be. So right. just to like do what I am doing right now, do the best that I can do and, um, you know, see what happens from there. So I, I do think that I am a little bit better and more on track as far as like where I, at least in where I picture things in my mind from then, uh, from I, which would be just a couple years ago. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I definitely wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying about like not letting, you know, agent get you down and that can affect you in your younger years and also maybe even a little bit older in your younger years. So I, I agree with that. All right. Well, where can people find you? They can find me on my channel, I am Zericon, so youtube.com forward slash at I am Zericon. Uh, I have a interesting idea that I, I, I really hope that I can get this done by Saturday, at least. Uh, the topic is just something that actually just popped into my head on the way to commute earlier today, and that is, why would someone work for the Joker? And that's something that I want to talk about hmm. in examining uh being employed by the joker or working with the joker in several different aspects of the medium uh so it, it'll be interesting to talk about i think yeah that's a very interesting topic i'm looking forward to to hearing bring your thoughts on that so cool all right well uh you can find me um my youtube channel at the frozen gamer 87 um i just put up a comparison between uh, the Switch and Steam Deck uh, versions of Dark Souls Remastered. I actually had posted it on Sunday, and then um, after getting some feedback from a couple of people, initially it was just one person, and I thought that maybe it was just a Nintendo fanboy being a Nintendo fanboy, but um, once I got the feedback from an additional person and they kind of gave more specifics about the background noise being really distracting... I decided, I, I, like, I went back, I listened to it again, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I see what they mean. They're right. And um, that could be a potential reason why why the view times are not real high on the videos, because typically, like, people watch a minute, minute and a half on average. Um, and I don't know if it's... It could very well just be that people are like, I've seen enough. I don't need to watch the whole video. I know I do that sometimes. Um but it could also be that the background noise is just distracting. So I went ahead and I cleaned up the audio uh, using Adobe Audition, um, which is a fantastic tool. Um, but I, I re-uploaded it today, and the audio is much, much better now. Um, it's very clean compared to what it was before. I was able to remove a lot of that stuff without having to like just straight-up delete portions of the audio. Um, so, yeah. It, uh, that went up, and I'll, the next one I'm planning to do is Skyrim for both the Switch and the Steam Deck, um, and probably Hades the week after that, since I do already have that recorded, and partway edited, I, I couldn't quite get it fully edited because I can't remember what the last hiccup was that I ran into, but just some oddities with how oh I know the last one was that 
I thought I had removed the clock ticking from the background and I hadn't quite removed it, but I didn't want to have too much sound removed because then it affects the sound from the games as well. And so it's just kind of like finding that, that balancing act and because the clock ticking is a constant thing throughout, at least especially in the spots where there isn't any game audio, I don't want it to be distracting. So anyway, goal is to have cleanest audio I can going forward with those. I'm planning to also use some of those techniques for the podcast, at least for the parts uh, before we start adding music to the mix, because that will help a lot with um, just making a better quality podcast as well. So, um, But then I also have my cooking channel, Not Authentic But Delicious. Uh, that's YouTube at NABD Cooking. Uh, the last recipe I put out was spaghetti sauce three ways, which has a regular red sauce, then one that has mushrooms and olives uh, added to that, and then one that also has uh, ground beef and Italian sausage added to that to make a, an inc- incredible meat sauce. So good. And it's all, all from scratch, no high fructose corn syrup. Uh, it's just really, really good stuff. So uh, that's the one I just put out this week, and next week... I am doing something that's very different, uh, but actually uses one of my previous recipes. Uh, And that is two different types of leftovers breakfast burritos. So one of them has uh, some of the hearty chili. Um, I won't say what all else is in there. Another one has smoked pork loin and mashed potatoes. (laughs) So uh, it's, they're two, two, very different types of breakfast burritos, but um, very good stuff. So yeah, look forward to that. I'll I'll be probably I'll need to edit something else over the next week. And just make sure I have something to go each week. I I still have a handful of recipes that are recorded and just not put together yet. Various kinds of pizza, uh, shakshuka. Um, I can't remember what else I have. I'll, I might be filming something tomorrow if I, if the kitchen's clean enough for me to do that. <laughs> I would also be using some of the hearty chili. And it's a very, very easy recipe. Very, very, very easy. Well, minus the hearty chili, but you don't have to use my hearty chili for it. It works even if you just use canned chili. So, Anyway, that's enough about that. That's all I got. Anything else before we completely finish for the night? No, sir. All right. Well, I am the Frozen Gamer 87. That is I am Zericon. We are the Orange Box Podcast. And until next time, enjoy great games, regardless of who makes them. Orange Box Podcast, out. Out.